today's message is going to be called The Best is Yet to Come. And I woke up the other day, and as soon as I woke up, I heard the Lord say, The Best is Yet to Come. And when I heard it in my spirit, it was like this joy came upon me. And it was like a supernatural joy that hit my belly. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, what does that even mean? Like the best is yet to come. And I just got excited with the Lord because I knew that it was a supernatural thing God was going to begin to do. And it wasn't one of those things that I had to make happen or anybody else had to make happen, but I saw it as supernaturally. God was saying, the best is yet to come. And so <clears throat> as, I, as I'm researching what God's saying, and see, God, I, he talks to me through a lot of different things. And some people that are religious or don't understand, this is going to stretch you this morning. But I remember I was sitting there, and I, I start looking up things, you know, my phone, researching what God's saying, and I'm praying. And I find this song by, by Frank Sinatra, and it's called The Best is Yet to Come. Now, I've listened to Frank Sinatra songs, but that's not one of his best sellers out there. That's not like one of his uh, songs that, you know, we, I can sing it to you, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. This is one of the songs he wrote many years ago, and uh, <laughs> I think he wrote it. I'm not too sure. I don't want to say that. But I wanted to read you the song because I really thought that it spoke to us as a body. And I want you to catch this in the spirit. I don't want you to catch this as a worldly song that, you know, I'm trying to conform you to listen to worldly music. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to speak to you that God speaks to you in different ways. And we have to be alert and ready to listen on the different ways he speaks to us and not to limit the voice of God and what he uses to teach us things. And so I'm reading this song and I want to read it to you because it spoke volumes to me. And it says, out of the tree of life, he is the tree of life, right? I just picked me a plum. <laughs> I saw that as being the fruit of the Lord. You came along and everything started to hum. <laughs> Still, it's a real good bet. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, babe. And won't that be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. I, uh, I, I wait till the warm up, till it warms up underway and wait till our lips have met and wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. And babe, won't it be fine? Best is yet to come. Come the day that you'll be mine. And I'm going to teach you to fly. We've, got, we've only tasted the wine. We're going to drain the cup dry. <laughs> Wait till your charms are right for these arms to surround you. Think you've flown before, but baby, you haven't seen nothing yet. And I'm telling you, I'm reading this song, and it's making me happy, and it's bringing me this joy. And, and I just, the whole thing of the song was like, we have not seen anything yet. You think you've flown before? Let me put it in religious terms here, okay? <laughs> you think you've had big revelation? You haven't seen nothing yet. 
You think that you've had encounters? You haven't had the best encounters yet. You think that you've had these uh, prophetic dreams? You haven't had the best dreams yet. You think that you've been just such a great visionary for the Lord, and the Lord's saying you haven't seen anything yet, even in your visions. And I, I just, I just want to declare that over you this morning and encourage you as the body of Christ that everything looks chaotic, it looks a mess, but are you seeing things through the eyes of the Lord? Because he's saying the best is yet to come. And so I, I started <coughs> just speaking to the Lord about this. And one of the things that I believe he's saying is do not limit him. Right. Don't put a, a barrier or walls around what God is using and doing things through. And, you know, if it doesn't look uh, religious enough for us, if it doesn't look churchy enough for us, sometimes we miss the very thing God's trying to use for the body of Christ. He's transitioning things and he's shifting things. And you can begin to see even people in Hollywood coming to the Lord and shifting things to come and um, back to the things of God. And so God can do whatever he wants to do because he's a creator of everybody and all things. And I just kept hearing that this morning. I'm sitting there on my balcony and I'm looking at the birds and, and, and I'm just enjoying the peace and the sound of the waters that I heard this morning. And I know it's nothing compared to the sounds of heaven that God is releasing over the earth right now. And see, this is where our perspective has to begin to change, and we cannot get negative and frustrated. You know, I went to the store the other day, and this person got mad because I didn't see them coming, and I went kind of in front of them to grab something. And then that person tells another person, and the other person says, yeah, I know, I feel the same way. And, and I just sat there thinking about that, and I was like, you know, what is it going to take? I heard this this morning because I started thinking about a story that I'm going to share with you right now. But what, it, what is it going to take for us to beckon to the Lord? What is it going to take for us to get back to the things of God? And I don't know about you, but there was a, there was a time where I had a, a family member. They went through this horrible situation, and they made, it, they made it through that situation with a blessing and restoration, and God blessed them immensely from that situation. And because of that, as soon as they had everything they needed again, they went back to being the way they were. And it was so, it saddened my heart because I believe God's giving us opportunity to go through a transformation right now. And he's trying us to come, to create us, to come out of this cocoon and begin to fly with him and do things with him. But if we continue to go back to what, what we were before, it's not good. And so I'm watching these people and their behavior and their agitation in the store. And, you know, this past weekend, the stores were so full for some reason. And I'm thinking it's really hard not to be so close to somebody because of all the people being in there. And, you know, people are getting agitated and frustrated. And I'm thinking, God, come touch their hearts. Come touch, um, come touch them and, and, and let them be aware that they're your son and your daughter. Because I know that that's not the way they're supposed to be. 
And I really believe God is taking us back to our original intent, our original place where we were supposed to be from the very beginning, and it was to be with him. And he's calling his bride back home. And um, I just want to share, like, some things, because I have some some scripture here, but I I know the Lord's kind of moving things another direction. So I just want to be faithful to what the Lord has, because our time is very precious right now. Our time is very valuable right now. And and I'm, I'm telling you that out of sincerity and really believing that our time as a family, you know, we're all at a standstill at our homes. And um, some of us have forgotten what family is really supposed to look like. And he's he's putting it back into perspective where it was originally supposed to be about family. Your first ministry is your house. And if your house is not in order and your house is not where it's supposed to be with your brothers and your sisters and your father and your mother and everybody getting along as a family, then God is doing a wake-up call. And this is where grace comes in. And grace is knocking on the door and grace is saying, hey, wake up. You've got your sons, your daughters, you've got your mom and your dad. And don't take for granted what I've given you. Don't take for granted family. Don't take for granted the things that I've blessed you with in your life. Don't take it for granted right now because it is valuable. Not everybody in the world has what we have. I was thinking about, you know, my husband goes to India sometimes. And India is dealing with this whole situation on top of other situations they already had. And I'm thinking, they don't have bathrooms there like we do here. They don't have doctors and nurses like we do here. Maybe they do, but you have to have money to go to them there. There's, they, they just live so differently than we do. And I started praying for India. And I started praying for other nations because we are a very spoiled nation here. I'm just being transparent with you. And we're f- people are fighting in the stores over ridiculous things. And things are getting exposed to people's hearts and where they really are. And the pot's being stirred. Like I said last service, I preached. And the pot's getting stirred. But during this pressing time, what's coming out of you? Because if it's not Jesus coming out of you during this pressing time, oil should be coming out of you just like the olive from the olive tree. When the olives gets pressed, oil comes out of them. And if oil's not coming out of us as believers, then we need to, like Heather was reading this morning, we've got to take a U-turn. We've got to reset some things in our lives and get back to the place where we first started with him being number one in our lives and him being our first love. If, if your job has become your first love, if your, uh, if, 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 if your, um, I don't know, uh, if, you, if, you, if you created idols in your life with materialistic things. Yeah, I noticed this the other day, and this is from believers. Somebody put a, a post out there, put down what you're thankful for. And I was like, okay, this is where you see hearts. And, and people were putting down materialistic things down of what they were thankful for. And it made my heart sad because these were believers. And I said, God, help them. Help them because they're not seeing the way that you see, God. And I think the one thing we need to be thankful for 
is first Jesus and second for our families. And I think God is resetting some things. He's letting us value family again and how valuable our sons and our daughters and uh, uh, the close-knit of family is supposed to be again. Maybe you weren't shown what family was supposed to look like with you growing up. Maybe there were some things that were unjust that happened to you even as a kid in that family setting. But now God's given you an opportunity with your own family to begin to turn and shift things for the glory of God. And he's giving grace and mercy to us right now to begin to shift and move things in our families that, that, um, that only God can do. And if we keep coming to him in our frustration, in the angry times of just, you know, so many people, they haven't even been able to handle having their kids at home. And I was like, you know, you've got to, we've got to cry out to God. If you think you can do it with your own strength and your own power and your own will, it's not going to happen. But if you cry out to God, he'll give you the strength. He'll give you pay. I want to read something to you real quick. And this is not even like a planned thing. But I just want to be led of the spirit this morning because I know that the Lord is doing a great work. And and we cannot focus on the 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 bad things. We can't focus on. Um, you know, I just felt like the Lord was just saying this morning, you know, for the best is yet to come. We've got to learn how to receive it. And we've got to learn how to agree with the best is yet to come. And so um, I want to read. Um, I want to read to you about the fruits of the spirit. Because I really believe this is key right now. And I think if we can put our mindsets back to the fruits of the spirit, then God is going to do something with that. From Bahashati And um, I'm, I'm going to find it for you. Hold on just a moment. <laughs> but I didn't even plan to share on this, but I just want to give way for the Lord to come in and do what he needs to do with everybody this morning because he's so faithful. Um, Galatians 5.22 through 23 it talks about the fruits of the spirit and that i've hold that very key in my heart that when i see things through the lenses of the father that it looks it's supposed to look like this it's supposed to look like love it's supposed to look like joy it's supposed to look like peace it's supposed to look like patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. If we can apply these nine fruits of the Spirit to our lives on a daily basis, then we will look more like Jesus. And we will sound more like the Lord. But some of us, we haven't been sounding like the Lord. And we haven't been looking like Jesus. And the world out there needs us right now to look like him and sound like him because they're hungry. They're so hungry for something more that they've been lacking in their life. You don't know how many times I've had people tell me, I've got everything I need. I've got a good job. I make good money. I've got a brand new car. But I feel that there's something still missing in my life. You're never going to be complete without the Lord. You need him in your life. And so I started reading um, 
Galatians 1.17. You know, uh, Tyler Perry had put out this post out there uh, of the song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. And he had like different people come out singing this song. And I remember singing it as a kid, you know, um, on the joy bus that I used to ride on, <laughs> which is so cool <laughs> because we would get in the bus and we would sing these joyful songs of praise unto the Lord. And I was like, you know, we need to get back to that place of praise and worship of the joy of the Lord and get on our joy bus again. And so I'm hearing them sing this song. And the whole song was made to remind us that God is always in control. That all the aspects of his creation, we should take comfort in his presence. That's why they made that song. And I was reading up on that and I said, God, you're so good that you put the whole world in your hands. You've got everything under control when we think you don't and you do. You know, this really, I took to heart this morning when I was reading Galatians 1.17. I want to read it out of the, the Passion. I'm going to read it out of NLT first, and then I'll read it from the Passions. Um, he existed before anything else and holds all creation together. But I want to read it from the Passions way, and it's called The, the Supremacy of Christ. Just take a moment with us this morning. And we're going to read it in Colossians 1, 6, 16. No, 15 actually is where we're starting. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God, and the firstborn heir of all creation. For, the, for in him was created the universe, the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him for his purpose. His, he existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. That one thing you're missing right now, right there where you're at, you're missing him. You need him back in your life again. I don't even know who this is for, but you need to just cry out to God and say, God, just come into my heart and receive him this morning. He can, it continues to say on 18, he is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir and resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all in his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and in earth is brought back to himself back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. You know, this morning I was sensing that there was people watching that maybe the enemy had come to bring shame to you again and remind you of maybe some bad thoughts that you've had or bad decisions you've done in your past. And I'm telling you, 
He's bringing you back to its, he's bringing you back to your original intent and he's restoring you back to your innocence again. If you've been molested, if you've been abused or raped, I don't even know who this is for, but I really believe that it's going to bring breakthroughs to somebody this morning. And I'm telling you, he's bringing you healing in your heart. And he's restoring you back to the way you were originally supposed to be before the enemy came in and stole from you and robbed from you and took that very thing from you. And I'm telling you, all you have to do is say, God, just come into my heart. Just come restore me back to innocence. Restore me back to what I'm supposed to look like and be like, like you, Jesus. Psalms 95.4. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. You know, when I first came to the Lord and I read these verses, I was like, can you imagine how big God is? That he holds, think of the biggest mountains that you have ever seen. And he holds the mountains. And we, we always picture the enemy bigger than God, but it's the other way around. God is bigger than the enemy. And so if you put it in a perspective that he, he, his hands, they hold the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains, then you have a perception of how big our God is. Look at how little our hands are, right? But his hands covers the whole, or, the whole entire earth. Can you imagine how big they are? John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Go back to him, just as Heather was reading earlier through worship. Go back to your first love. Go running back to him. Because I'm telling you, that void you're feeling in your heart, that thing that won't let you be. I remember when I was running from God, there was just such a heaviness on me all the time. And the minute that I stopped running from him and I turned back to him, that heaviness left me. And all of those bad thoughts and those bad things I was dealing with, the torment in my mind, the torment in my heart, um, even my, the way I saw things began to change, and I began to see things in a different way, to know that he's loving towards us. And I went through a process with the Lord where he came in and just loved on me. And every time I thought something bad in my mind, like, well, God, you know, I'm not worthy I did this and I did that. And God comes in and God's like, no, but I love you. Let me bring you back to innocence. Innocence in your mind, innocence in your heart, and innocence in your spirit again. And let me restore back to you the original intent of why I even created you. I'm telling you, God's doing something. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light. So the whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. He doesn't want us to have any dark part in us. But you have to come to him and you have to say, God, if there's any dark places in me, God, begin to reveal them to me. So that way I can have the light of you inside of me and I can be a better person because of you, Lord. You could just go on Facebook and see that 
Not everybody is the carrier of light right now. They're, they're speaking doom and gloom. And I don't agree with that. And I don't come to an agreement with it because I know how big God is. And in one second, a half a second, God can change things very quickly and very fast. And so what I'm doing is I'm praying in an intercession in agreement with heaven right now. And whatever heaven's speaking over our nation and whatever heaven's speaking over us as believers. You know that we were reading the, the verse the other day. I'd have to look it up for you. But you won't even, oh, Psalms 91. You won't even hit your foot on the stone and hurt yourself. Us as believers, we're not going to be hurt with all this chaos and all this stuff going on right now. He's protected us. He's covered us with his wing. We just have to get underneath it. Sometimes we don't get underneath it. Sometimes that rebellious spirit that comes on us sometimes that we think we know everything and pride comes upon us and we're like, no, we won't go. No, we won't do this. No, Jesus, no. And we're in this power struggle with the Lord. And the Lord's like, stop fighting with me because you're not going to win. He wins every single time. He's victorious. So don't power struggle with him in your mind anymore. Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of, of uh, welfare and not evil, and to give you a future and a hope. If you're feeling hopeless this morning, he's not bringing evil to this nation. He's not bringing evil to our cities or our towns. He's wanting us to rise up to the occasion and speak to that thing to die. He wants us to rise up to the occasion and say, no sickness, you will not be here. You will die. And if you keep saying that the, the sickness will die and life will come upon people instead of death, then that, see, we've got to speak the opposite than what the world is saying right now. But if we sound like the world and we are like the world, then we're no better than the world. We have to sound and look like the Lord, and we have to bring hope to the people. And if you're hopeless this morning, then ask the Lord to send hope to you. You know, we don't receive because we don't ask. So if you begin to ask the Lord for hope this morning, and you're feeling hopeless, I know because people are locked up in their houses right now. They can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. Um, they, they're like, you know, <laughs> they're used to being, we're so, a uh, uh, people that are, we're always used to moving and doing things. And I've always said this minute <laughs> in ministry, I've always said, ask somebody to sit quietly and let's see how long it, it takes for them not to be quiet anymore. That is the hardest thing for people right now is to be quiet and to let God come in and do something with them. Because they're so used to being so busy and running around everywhere that they don't know how to be still and know that he's God. And he's like, if you just be still in this process, even at your home, wherever you're at, maybe some of you are still working and you've got your family at home. Be still and know that he's God. Nothing has changed. 
it's he's still the mighty one holding the mountains he's still the one that your has has issued plans over your life that is not changed i'm telling you this morning call on him he will be there for you he is faithful and he he's not going to leave you if there's anybody that you would want to trust think about the maybe a good friend you have your bestest friend your bff as everybody says <laughs> Somebody you really trust, like you've told them like your darkest secrets. You've told them these crazy things of your life, and only they know you like that. That's what the Lord is supposed to be for us. And sometimes when we lose our BFFs, it's because he wants to be your BFF. He wants to be your best friend. And even though we don't mean to, sometimes we rely more on people than we do on the Lord. And even it with our spouses, with our family members, we do that. And he's, he's calling us back to come back to him. And so I know this has been such a difficult thing. You know, I have a dad who's in Texas, and he's, he's in a rehab center. And they locked us out. You know, my family lives there, and they've been going, and they've been trying to get in there to see him. And he's 88 years old. And so... You know, I just have to trust in the Lord with him. And I said, Lord, I said, I'm not going to trust in my own understanding. I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to give my dad to you. Because if I'm about your business, you're going to be about my business. That's what he's always says. And so if you're about the Lord's business, don't stop being on fire for God. Don't stop speaking the word of God to people. Don't stop ministering. Don't stop preaching. Don't go throw in the towel because you become hopeless. But get fired up by the spirit of God this morning and say, God, send. You know, we live here in Ohio and the winds were blowing this morning so hard. And say, God, send the winds of refreshing over us, God. Send your supernatural strength of heaven over our bodies, Lord. God, give us strategy during this time. Teach us, Lord, what to do and what not to do, God. That we look like the fruits of the Spirit when we walk into the grocery stores. That we, we walk with the fruits of the Spirit wherever we go. Just pretend for a moment that I've given you a box of fruit. I always like to put this in a visual for people because people don't get it sometimes. They think the fruits are, uh, of the spirit are just something that you read about. But imagine yourself carrying this big old basket and you've got a lot of fruit in there. And if you keep this fruit too long, it's going to rot. Because fruit doesn't last long. So you got to carry your fruit basket wherever you go and you got to begin to hand out the fruit to people. And when people want to be mean and ugly to you, you've got to do the opposite. You've got to hand out the love sometimes. Sometimes you've got to hand out the patience sometimes, even when people aren't patient with you at the stores. You've got to begin to be kind when they're being mean to you. And you've got, you know, that lady yesterday, I was there, and she was being ugly to me. And I, I just looked at her and I smiled because I just saw this frustration on her face. And I said, God, 
And I, I looked at her and I said, I said, I'm praying the whole time because I'm like, Lord, what is wrong with these people? Why are they so angry? They're so angry right now. And so we have to be the light. And I said, God, I said, help me. And I just looked at her and smiled at her and I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm so sorry that I, I got in your way. Um, please accept my apology, you know. And I, I, just, I just poured love on her because I don't know what her life's like. I don't know what she's dealing with right now. You know, I went to, um, <laughs> I wanted to read something. See, this, all, all of this is like the Lord, like, just giving nuggets here. And I'm just like, okay, Jesus, let me, let me, let me just come with you on this ride, on this journey real quick. But I, we went into um, my husband's doctor, I guess, some months ago. And I read this there. I hope I can find it real quick because um, the Lord is making me go to all these different places. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> He's stretching me. <laughs> but I saw this sign there, and it talked about um, being nice to somebody, being kind to somebody, um, because we don't know what they're going through or what they're dealing with. And when I read this in the, in the doctor's office, I was just like, it's so true, God, that we have completely been so self-absorbed about ourselves that we never, ever look at things in the perspective of the other person. And I really believe God right now is trying to change that upon us, that we begin to ask him what it is that he's speaking to us about that situation. Found it. It says, today you could be standing next to someone who's trying their best not to fall apart. So whatever you do today, do it with kindness in your heart. And I read this, and this is like at a doctor's office. We just went in, and I took a picture of it because I wanted it as a reminder, even to myself at times when I can be frustrated and I can act out sometimes, and God's doing a work in me too. And, and I'm telling you, we have to take heed to what the other person may be going through. You know, we don't understand what other people are going through right now. And if we can just get out of our box of ourselves and begin to come and serve the body and begin to pour out the fruits of the spirit and take your little basket everywhere you go and hand out the fruit to them. Because if you keep the fruit just to yourself, only for your own family, it's going to go rot. It's going to rot, and it's going to go bad. But if you begin to hand it out and begin to give it to people who really need a touch of the Lord, then you'll begin to see a little smile from them. Then you'll begin to see a joy come out of them that they, maybe they didn't have before. So I just want, I want to leave you with this. Pull on the fruits of the Spirit. Maybe you're like, I don't know how to love. I don't know how to be kind. I've had such a horrible life. I'm just so angry all the time. You know, anger's a big thing right now. Then you got to come to the Lord and ask him for it. Right there where you're at this morning, come to the Lord and tell him, God, teach me about the fruits of the Spirit, Lord. Let me look and sound like you, Lord, that when I'm pressed, oil comes out of me and not junk and not, not chaos, not a bunch of mess, God, but
but that your goodness pours out of me because the best is yet to come, body of Christ. The great things are here for us to partake of. The enemy is charging and charging. And I'm telling you, the Lord at the same time wants to bless his kids and bring the promises about to us. Because he holds the whole entire world in his hands. And it has not changed. And it will not change. So ask the Lord right now, right there where you're at, say, God, can you fill my basket this morning? I didn't even have this this morning. This is like the Lord saying all this stuff. I'm like, Lord, you're, you're, he's bringing me joy. And I'm just coming along for the ride. You know, sometimes we don't know how to flow with the spirit of God. And God wants us to begin to flow with his spirit. That if he turn, tells you to turn left, you turn left. If he tells you to turn right, you turn right. If he tells you to keep going, you keep going. If he tells you to stop, you stop. But he's trying to speak to us right now. So get your little baskets out right there in the spirit. <laughs> and say, fill my basket this morning, God. Fill my basket with love. Fill my basket with joy. Fill my basket with peace. Fill my basket with patience. Fill my, bas my basket with kindness. Fill my basket with goodness. Fill my basket with faithfulness. Fill my basket with gentleness. Fill my basket with self-control, God. God, give me self-control and all these crazy things happening everywhere. Let me have some self-control that I'm going to think about others and serving others and putting others before myself sometimes. God, we thank you this morning. We agree with heaven that the best is yet to come, Lord. And you're just, this is just the beginning of something great coming to your city, something great coming to your state. The whole nation is being affected right now. So what does that mean? That when God's hand comes, it's going to affect the whole nation. The whole nation is going to begin to see who God is. The whole entire is going to begin to see who God is in their life. And it's going to bring them to him, not from him, but to him during this time. So right there where you're at, Rubahashiti. You know, I, I felt like I had to do this this morning. I felt like I was going to have people watching who have never known the Lord. And I promise you, you won't go wrong with knowing him. He's faithful. Some of you have never received him in your heart. So right there where you're at, call on him and just say these words with me. Say, God, I want to invite you in my heart this morning, Lord. God, I believe you died on the cross for me and my family, God. I believe in the cross. And I believe that you had resurrection from that cross that you died for us and that you lived for us, God. And I invite you in my heart. I invite Holy Spirit to come upon me and in me right now. And I just ask for the winds of change to blow over me. Those winds that come in and change your life.
that only he can touch those places that no man can touch. Only he can come restore your heart and heal your heart right now. So right there where you're at, just receive him in your heart. Just say what I just said, those words. Just say, God, I receive you in my heart, Lord. Help me to be more like you, sound like you, walk like you, God. Because I can't do it anymore without you. I need you right now. I need you in my family. I need you to be with me on a daily basis and walk in the cool of the day with me every day, God. I, I'm nothing without you, God. Just begin to say your cry out to him. And I promise you, he will come and fill the voids in your life this morning. Any part that you feel that hasn't been completing as completed as we were reading in Colossians 1.17, that he comes and he completes things in us. He's wanting to complete a work inside of you to bring restoration and to bring healing upon you this morning. And we say, thank you, Jesus, and we say, amen. <laughs> I thank all of you for watching this morning. Please stay tuned. Please come back to the Revival Hub. Tell your friends and your family about us because we just want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. We just thank you and we bless you. Amen.